Welcome to the 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to hunters and unicorns. The 202020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Welcome to Hunted Unicorns, the 202020 Mastery Mission for the bonus recording with Carl Kearns. Now, Carl, in your first session with us, we spoke about the importance of internal and external accountability, in particular around the context of when you're the first man on the ground. So it'd be really great if you could kind of share your your experiences of being that first man on the ground. What was your first steps and and, and how did you execute? Yeah, no, definitely. So we, we spoke about like prioritization of time, prioritization of accounts, not trying to go after everything, particularly large large enterprise accounts. So give a good example of, you know, what ended up being quite a quite a significant land deal, um, which then there was lessons off the back of that around accountability, both internal and external, which then led to additional large sort of expansion deals and land deals in a similar sector. So it, it started out by, this was a key account which I'd identified I'd done research on it. It was, you know, I had 15 accounts. This was a top five account. And, um, you know, spent yeah, probably over half a day researching this account. So, you know, you know, built a value pyramid for the account sort of for my own internal understanding, right? To kind of document it and have that there. If and when the customer meeting came up, could use it externally, but at least internally, helped me generate a point of view around the account. Just understood how did the account make money, right? What were the revenue streams for that account, as well as who the key stakeholders were as well. So, sort of building out that org chart based on how you can like understand it, you know, on your research, etc. Right. So, built up a good amount of research into this account, and I very much shared that with my inside sales rep, my BDR, my SDR, and I got them on board with why I was going after this account and. I'm pretty big on the three whys. So, you know, like, you know, why anything and why your organization and, and sort of why now and what's the compelling event you think that you can attach to here, even before you've spoken to them, right? It's, it's going to be probably quite generic, but it's really going to help you have a point of view as to why you're prioritizing that account. So got the SDR on board with that. And, and you know, the SDR managed to, you know, get us into this organization with the support of, you know, with myself and, you know, having this research with a very much targeted approach and that's when you know you start to track the meeting straight away right so the new business meeting right so that was a new business meeting which was you know booked by the sdr which was you know an outbound outbound call and just tracking all the activity that was going on around the way right so i was looking at how many champion meetings am i doing on a week by week basis i got wind that you know competitors were in there potentially, potentially not. I wasn't sure, so I kind of upset, started to obsess over the fact that, like, you know, I need to spend more time with this person because if I'm not, you know, other organisations will be that are trying to sell to them. So holding myself accountable to get multiple touch points, scheduled meetings with the champion on a week by week basis was the impact meetings that I was obsessing over straight away and obviously tracking that. Looking at, you know, had we had an EB meeting? How many touch points had we had with the EB? Sort of documenting that, obviously, under the impact meetings. Um, legal procurement, were they involved? Security, have we had that? The technical sessions, do we have a technical win? How far away are we from having a technical win? You know, who are the, the technical people that are sort of advocating for our product in there? Like how much time are we spending with them and how much time is 
our solution architect or solution engineer spending with them as well. So really just obsessing over the data early on. This is a core focus account for me, right? It was a key account in my territory. So spending the time on that research with the customer and tracking all that. And again, this was an early stage deal. So we didn't have any metrics around, well, this is how many meetings it takes typically to land a deal, or then this is how many meetings it takes to expand the deal. We didn't have that data. Um, and we started to, you know, leverage the internal, uh, the internal ecosystem here, um, having, you know, like weekly internal calls on this, on this key opportunity and this key deal. And the reason this was internal, like standups on this, because it was quite a significant land deal, which we were looking at. So making sure that, you know, customer success were aware of it, it was on their radar, making sure that my BDR, SDR was still prospecting into the account, like not giving up because you've got one opportunity getting multi-threaded in that account to multiple stakeholders was the strategy here to drive up demands, you know, and just get people excited about the product and creating creating noise. That was really key to me. And then, you know, back on the external piece, it was the ecosystem and the partners. So in this instance, it was one of the big cloud vendors that were really sort of helping us and championing us. So built, you know, my own champions within, the, within that cloud that were the account team that would support us with the, with the buying process of, of, of that customer. And that's when I really, really got into the data and, and, and tracking that and, and holding myself accountable. So like, for example, I knew that as that deal started to move into upside best case and as it moved into commit, I was obsessing over these impact meetings on a weekly basis, right? So I was calling out with my boss on our one-to-ones that these are the key meetings I've got set up this week with this, with this potential customer. So that's, that's when it was really, really important. We ended up landing that deal it was a competitive deal you know i i know off the back of that because i tracked all the meetings there was a total of 74 customer meetings that i was part of and that's calendar meetings okay obviously there's ad hoc calls you've got the text and messaging etc etc slack or teams messages whatever platform that you use but in terms of scheduled meetings we had 74 meetings and that included with the ecosystem the partners that were around that account and you know we, we happened to land like a six-figure deal off the back of that. And, and I knew, right, I, after reviewing that, like, you know, that that was a fair amount of meetings, right? That, that is a lot of meetings. And, you know, you sort of reflect back on that, like what, what, what were the key, key meetings that had to happen? How could we minimize that, you know, to make sure we really, really are focused on the quality, right? Because we don't want to just go out and meet loads and loads of people for the sake of it. You, you know, again, time's your enemy, as you probably heard on the, on the previous session. So, maximizing your time, spending your time in the right opportunities, having the right impact meetings was a big learning here. So sort of taking that on board, those 74 customer meetings, taking it to the next opportunity that we basically had within a similar sector, within a similar vertical, we, we, we knew the key meetings that had to happen and we knew the process that we had to run. So there was repeatability in there. And obviously we managed to slim that in terms of the number of meetings that we managed to have in the next opportunity that we ran and the subsequent opportunities after that, off the back of that, you know, that customer ended up, you know, doing multiple upsells with us and ended up being a large, a large customer for us off the back of that. It's, it's, it's a great story. And I think it really aligns to the previous session and really gives some great context to a use case that, you know, has, has demonstrated the process that you spoke about in the last session. But 
I'm just intrigued that, that that was the first time you got data. There were 74 meetings. How many meetings is it now? <laughs> <laughs> 74. Well, in terms of getting down to a land deal and how many meetings we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Laura, right? It is Laura in regards to that. And it depends on the customer and it depends on the process, right? But it's somewhere between sort of 45 and 60 meetings to land a deal from the information that, you know, I've sort of been tracking. And I guess it, it depends on the level of maturity of your organization as well, right? If you get, mm-hmm. if you get more funding, you know, you get a higher valuation, you, you acquire more customers, there's more positive noise in the market, then your funnel gets more busy, right? You start to, you know, you start to generate more MQLs at the marketing qualified leads. You start to get more inbound and more stuff, more stuff coming in where it's maybe a little bit more developed, let's say. Um, but you know, like that's what's minimizing this sort of total number of meetings. But still, like you know, to this day, like if you're going into like if you're going cold into an account that haven't heard of who you are, you have to be prepared to invest the time. And you know, it could be could be a hundred meetings or more in some instances, right? Because these large organizations have the process that you have to follow. You can try break process, but it's it's not always advised because if you sort of wind them up the wrong way they can just they can automatically qualify you out because you know you're, you're sometimes playing with the politics in these large organizations by trying to break process um, which is definitely not recommended so there can be you know you do have to be patient you can spend a lot of time that doesn't go anywhere but back to you do the quality in terms of the research right you go in with a good point of view you get your internal stakeholders bought into what you're doing your SDR your you know solution engineer etc you know, it, it puts you at a hard start. But yeah, ideally, ideally, we get those numbers down even more and then you can land even more logos because that's, you know, that that's what we're wanting to do. But the interesting thing is when you're landing, I'm just going to say, sorry, when you, once you've landed, right, the expansions and what I've seen sort of as I've been tracking this over several years is it is the lands that take the most amount of time because it's the cost of acquisition, right? It's like it takes the most amount of time for you as an IC to invest up front. The expansion, you've kind of, you know, your job is is more around prospecting. Well, obviously making sure the customer's satisfied with what they've bought so far, right? You've usually sold services, you've got customer success as part of the engagement. You know, they're supporting you with that. And you're sort of out hunting again and prospecting. And because you've already had a contract signed, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's sort of like your license to hunt because the contract signed, now you, it's, your, it's your turn to, go after the net new use cases. So what you typically find is that your expansion is bigger, right? Two, three, four, five times the expansion sometimes, right? In terms of the initial land deal, and you'll do less meetings because they've already invested in the technology and you've already got the success story that you can shop around the organization, right? You can say, well, if you speak to X, Y, and Z, they'll tell you about their you know, successful use of the products, right? And the value that they're getting out of that. The business-driven driven use case that they're using is driving X amount of revenue or is saving them X amount of money, right? That's a great success story to then go into other parts of the organization. So the, the, the initial land deals do always require the most amount of like, time, let's say, in terms of meetings, typically, right? The expansion deals is usually less just because you're already in the door. I guess there's a there's there's probably an argument to be had that sometimes when you go back and reflect on that deal, it may be a case of saying, do you know what? If I had more meetings, then maybe I could have got a bigger deal out of this because I could have, you know, somehow orchestrated something more. 
right yeah. so maybe it's not always a case of less yeah no no that's true that, that's true and again it's back to you know simon you were talking about in terms of the quality right once you've sold into that organization you know how to do a deal with that organization if you don't know how to do if you've never done a deal with them before everything is new right so it it just takes quite a lot of time and like my mindset's always been like look like I, I will speak to anybody that I think can, I can get something from in an organization, right? Because one little piece of snippet of information, you validate that with someone else, they may correct you, but at least you've went in with something for them to correct you with, right? So just, you know, I understand X signs the paperwork based on the conversations that I've been having. You know, actually, if it's over X amount of money, it's actually so-and-so, right? You know, so it's like, it, particularly selling to a new company if you've not sold it sold to it before i agree with your point ollie that like you know more meetings maybe you could have got to like a larger deal because maybe you got to more use cases i mean in this instance obviously i'll disagree because i have to <laughs> but um in this instance the use case was set and we did try to get to get more out of them the initial land deal but it, it, it was set with just this was the use case that they were going to be sort of delivering with our product on for that one but no it's, it's an interesting point but yeah just once you've once you've figured it out of how they buy who's involved who signs off at x x budget who the procurement people are who the legal people are you know all this stuff going in cold takes a lot of time and that's where, you know, the high amount of meetings in this instance, you know, the 74 meetings in this instance was I hadn't sold to them before. So I was just speaking to multiple people to figure stuff out because it was all new to me, right? It was all new to me and I, and I didn't quite know. And I, I wanted to de-risk everything around the deal because if it was competitive and I didn't want, maybe, the, you know, one of the competitors that was selling into it had sold to them before. Maybe they had champions already. I had nothing going into that other than we've done solid research, we targeted the account and we generated the interest. And just because most large organizations have to, it's like fair competition, right? They have to, they have to show that, you know, they have evaluated against other solutions. Um, especially if you're looking at a sizable, sizable deal, they have to do that as part of the process. And, um, you know, you just need to surround it. I think that a kind of a key theme that's kind of really emerged in this is, you know, the, the concept of multi-threaded PG. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, you've spoken about the fact that you haven't really relied on just one champion. You know, you, you are constantly looking for those multi-threaded avenues where perhaps a lot of salespeople might say, yeah, I've got a champion, it's all good. But how do you think that, that whole mindset has really helped you where would you have got unstuck had you not continued with that mindset, should we say? Yeah, so I guess maybe a point of clarity, like it, 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 and the champion word is strong, right? You guys know that, right? The champion word is like, you know, so it's, you know, I don't typically call the champion a champion until I've properly tested them and sort of, you know, been through the various phases, right? And, and I can feel that they are champion. But what is key is that, like, particularly a consumption-based world, right, which is sort of where I've been the last sort of four or five years, like if you can find net new use cases and be multi-threaded in accounts with your prospecting, then it's going to drive more adoption and consumption of your platform, right? It's about having multiple potential use cases mapped out. Um, and in a consumption world, like a use case is consumption, right? And that's the dollar value of your deal. So the more use cases that you have and being multi-threaded in accounts, can really just grow the size of your deal. 
Well, I think this is a really good time to kind of reflect on what we've heard today, Carl. I think, you know, you know, in this session, you know, it's been really good to kind of see and, and hear and really understand how the concept can then translate into, into practice. And I think on reflection, it's all, you know, it, it's not just about the theory, it's about really applying it. And, and it's the big takeaway has to be it's not just about quantity it is about quality and quantity in equal measures and the data helps to really validate that so again i want to say a really big thank you for you for taking the time to kind of join us for this uh, bonus session i hope our listeners and our viewers um, have enjoyed this time with you today i know we certainly have and uh, yeah thank you so much for joining us no thank you both it's been good and uh, yeah and i hope people enjoyed it and I uh, appreciate you guys' time. Uh, the pleasure's absolutely with you. It's kind of been an amazing session. We've really, really appreciated your time sharing in your wisdom again, um, Carl. So thanks again. To all our listeners and to all our viewers, again, we hope you've really enjoyed this session. If you've liked what you've heard, please do like, share and subscribe. Um, but again, a big thank you to Carl for joining us today. And we look forward to welcoming you back for another mastery session soon. Thank you. Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information.